All right, let's get right to it. We're going to talk about NBA draft and obviously the trades that went down. We're going to start with the trades, and then we'll preview the NBA draft in all in one pod. Crazy. Let's get right to it. So first, let's discuss the trade that happened. Let's go through the specifics here initially. The Celtics receive Kristaps Porzingis via Washington, number 25 pick in 2023 draft via the Grizzlies, the 25th pick in the draft, and a 2024 first-round pick, top four protected. That's going to convey via Golden State. Golden State's not going to be horrific. Maybe they will, but probably not. Grizzlies are just getting smart. So the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies are just getting smart. Grizzlies basically traded Tyus Jones and the 25th pick for Marcus Smart. The Wizards are getting Tyus Jones, Danilo Gallinari, Mike Muscala, and the number 35 pick of the draft. Let's talk about this at all angles. Let's start with, we'll go up to the Celtics, if you will. We want to start with Washington here. So Washington moves the Zinger, okay, who, um, look, were they going to really extend him? Probably not. Do they want a, a dead man walking on a one-year deal? Probably not. The value then decreases in that one year that you have him if you're not going to extend it beyond there. And they realize, look, this guy's coming off the best year of his career. We want to do an aggressive rebuild. Let's get assets. So what what do the what do the Zards do? A couple of things that's interesting with the with Washington. Let's start with Tyus Jones. I'm a huge Tyus Jones guy. But Tyus Jones was uh starting in place of Moran a couple of times. Uh, both the last two years, they Memphis still performed like a 51 team. They didn't really miss a beat in that drop off between Ja and Tyus. Okay, not not really. And the reason why is Tyus Jones is a nice, steady head point guard. Now look, he's not going to command the respect of a Ja Morant. Okay, and Memphis got their own issues that we'll talk about, which is clearly a reason why they did this deal. This deal screams. A little reactionary for Memphis, but there's a reason behind it. But Ty Jones is still a nice, like, now he's a veteran. Steady point guard on a reasonable deal. Uh, and it, this reminds me of, like, when Hitch Smith went to Philly, okay? When the Philadelphia 76ers, if you guys remember, at the time of the crazy rebuild with, with Hinky, the, the trust the process, um... They needed a point guard to kind of hold things together. Brett Brown admitted when they got Ish, they turned the corner at least with like just the development and, and the the flow of the team. Uh, that's what Ty Jones brings to Washington. So like when you rebuild, you don't want to like you need to be competitive, okay? Like people just still need to go to games, can't lose games by like forty. And what the Wizards are now doing with this deal is they're they're get, they're building out a rebuilding team with cap friendly deals, but still competitive. So, first of all, you unload Zinger because you're not going to retain him. And you get a guy, Tyus Jones, who is a fine guy to keep around long term. He can start and play off the bench. He's happy with both roles. And he's in a position of need for them, right? They didn't really have uh, a point guard, really, right? Like DeLon Wright, not, he's a nice little like guy you throw in a little bit. He's not a starter. Monty Morris, not a starter. So, Jones at least can't start. Relatively young, decent contract. It's a good pickup, it's a good swap. Right, right there. Um, I'm not going to discount the other guys they got on the deal. So, 35th pick, first of all, this, is, uh, this draft, I think if you're, dra- if you're landing a pick between 10 and 20, it's not so great. I don't think those guys can be that good, but 20 to 40, you might have something. So, not going to overrate it, but 35th pick, you, you're probably going to give that guy a shot. 
Okay. Cool. Um, now, let's move off that a little bit. Um, the two for the two white guys that got in this deal. So Gallinari and Muscala actually think are quite underrated pieces of the deal. Both veterans, fine for a rebuild. They space the floor. That's the key. So when you're rebuilding, you want to give your usage, right? There's two ways players in the NBA develop, okay? Minutes and usage. So if so now you've uh, an allowed incoming rookie, Johnny Davis, Donny Avadja, um, you know, future youth assets that you get basically to have to be positioned to be successful. Why? They have a nice steady point guard in Jones, and they got spacers around them in Muscala and Gallinari. Makes sense. And now these players coming in are going to have room to operate, and they're going to be a position to be successful. So, for example, with the eighth pick, the guy that's projected to go to Washington, if you got like an Oscar Thompson or a Jarris Walker even, they're going to have room to operate. You can allow them to make mistakes, have decent usage. That's the proper way to develop. So Washington did well in this deal. Okay. Um, again, you're not going to retain Zinger anyway, so these guys are all additive to your team. They're on one-year cheap deals. They can easily be flipped at the deadline, too, right? So Gallinari and Muscala show anything. Teams are going to be interested in shooters. They always are. And you can probably get some value for them at the deadline. Great. Let's keep this bad boy going with Memphis. Memphis's notion of this deal. Memphis moves Tyus Jones and the 25th pick for Marcus Smart. So in my opinion, slight overpay. But I got it for Memphis. Memphis needs a guy in the rotation that's kind of a kick-in-the-butt guy. Going to kick them in the ass a little bit, right? Like, I, I would have thought Steven Adams could maybe be that guy, but they need that. This tells me that, like, I think they see... So, Brooks is gone. We know that Dylan Brooks is not going to retain him. They've already said it. Um, and what I like about Marcus Smart is he's more likely to be, you know, he can be a backup to Ja, obviously, so he takes Tyus Jones' role. Play a little more wing, right? By the way, Memphis has some wings, at least off the ball guys. Obviously, they have Desmond Bain, but they have, you know, Roddy played well, Concher, Kennard. Now, Smart could play a little wing. And then they had Jake LaRavia, who's probably going to be in the rotation this coming year. So they're fine moving off of Brooks. And then Smart, I think they, they want to get an attitudinal adjustment. They want to get, they, I, I think they got Smart to be in Jaw's face a little bit to help mentor Jaw more. Can Jaw respect Smart? He's older. And maybe they have a relationship. I'm not sure. Maybe they have a Sintel in Memphis. And he's the guy that can help resurrect Jaw, get him on track. And, you know, the suspension should be a wake-up call for the Memphis organization because if it happens again, you know, dude, dude slowly playing, you know, uh, getting his way out of the league with these with these live Instagram things. So Memphis, again, slight overpay, slightly reactionary, but I think they had to do it. If you're Memphis, like what veteran would you want on your roster with Jaw that the Jaw would listen to? Like you're not going to get the Draymond Greens types, right? Like you stay in Golden State, and that's going to be quite pricey. You know, like, who else are you getting on the market that fills in that, like, those dual roles where they're going to be a guy who could potentially fill in for Brooks and also help mature John Moran? So Mark Smart was a good target for them. And I'm fine overpaying a little bit if it really fits the, the thing. So, you know, look, I, not a, Memphis, I think I get it. Like, I get why they did And, and Jay Crowder filled that role a couple years ago. Jay Crowder might be toast, so... You know, obviously, they're not, he's not the guy. Fine. Those pieces make sense, but let's focus on the Celtics here. 
So I like it for for I like it for Washington the most, quite frankly, because I think Muscala and Gallinari are underrated. They help a, a rebuild. Don't sneeze on that pick. You're not keeping Zinger anyway. So all this is additive for Washington. Memphis, I think they'll miss Tyus Jones. I think he was quite good. I get getting smart because he can play both with Ja and and back him up. But Marcus Smart, in and of himself, is kind of a precarious character, in my opinion. Not the highest IQ either. Um, So I don't love it from Memphis. I think it's still the type of deal they had to do. Fine. Let's get to the Celtics, the meat and potatoes of the deal. So look, value-wise, Celtics did well. Let's go through it. You're, you're, You're removing basically two guys in Mascala and... Gallinari, who were not in rotation last year due to injury and due to just playing. Now, look, I like Muscat. I think in this coming year, he could have been in the rotation. They have a lot of centers, so I get it. Uh, Gallinari, who knows what, what he is. Post-ACL, you don't know. So it's a wash. But you're basically moving two guys who are not in the rotation. Okay, You're basically swapping then, in terms of rotational talent, smart for Porzingis at two firsts. Getting the 25th pick. 2023, via Memphis, and then top four protected 2024. That's that's good. That Golden State pick's valuable. Golden State's probably going to be like a plan, maybe, right? I and mean, who knows with that? So that's got value. Now next year's draft's not great. I get it. Still, pick in the top 20s. Pick in the top 20. Like let's not. That's, that's solid. Here's my concern. Um, so I'm all for moving one of the guards, evening out the roster. I get it. I get it. But when you're a team that Vegas had projected to be a, a title contender throughout the year, and then even deep in your favorites, the issue is not talent upgrade. The issue is IQ, okay, and veteran and just better decision making down the stretch. And I think this team needed like a smart player on their team. I don't know how else to say it, right? Like I, the Chris Paul stuff that was slightly rumored. I got that. I'm not saying like. That was the answer because the guy's injured all the time. He's super old. But, like, at least I get it, okay? And I find swapping smart, who I think, while his IQ improved and he gives you some culture value, is still an addition of a subtraction to an extent because now you're going to play Derek White more, who's the key here. And I agree getting getting a big for a small. You don't know what's happening with Grant Williams. Horford uh, is super old. He had to have limited minutes in the playoffs. And then, obviously, Robert Williams is an injury waiting to happen. Um, so you needed a big, totally get it, but I would have liked different scenarios. Like the guys I would have targeted are like a Kyle Anderson type, right? And I would have overpaid for these guys too. Cause the fit is fantastic. Kyle Anderson's a guy who could play three, four really smart. Would have been fantastic for them in a playoff rotation, right? He could kind of, he doesn't really space so well. I get it, but he's high IQ guy passes. You want a high IQ guy who's got a good assist rate, right? You want to, you want a younger Al Horford, basically Kelly Olenek, another target. Uh, former Celtic, right? Like, he could play the 4-5. And I think, like, he would have satisfied the role better because, again, you don't need the guy to score 20 or 30. You need the guy to know what he's doing in, in the half court, uh, understand systems, back cuts, and, and all that. Kalinic would have been a great target. But Christos Porzingis represents a huge risk because he is not mature. Now, he's matured, Marcus Smart matured too, but the baseline was so low. That, like, you don't want – there's nothing to the guy who is going to be among the highest IQs on the team. Like, I'm fine if, like, White and Brogdon are top two. 
they needed like at least a third. Zinger's got really low IQ. When I say low IQ, I mean like his assist rate's anemic, like sub five percent, sub seven percent. They're his career. And look, I get, I get it, I get getting Kristaps Porzingis if you're telling me he's going to be the center in space and we're not going to run through him. But that's not the case, right? You got to expect Horford is going to be out a bit. Um, and you're going to be using Zinger at the four a lot, especially if you're not retaining Grant Williams. Do I want Zinger at the four? That means I got to play through him a little bit. And is he going to be cool with that role, right? Like, he's kind of a prima donna. I think he was happy in Washington because he averaged 23 points a game. That number used to go way down. You know, Simmons and, and Russell talked about this in their pod. Um, you know, obviously it's not to this degree, but in 2008, the reason why that team worked was the adjustment that Ray Allen made. He went from a 29% usage to a 21% usage on the Celtics. Can Zinger make that same adjustment? He's not as mature as Ray Allen. Ray Allen knows, like, I want to win a title. I don't know if Zinger has those same aspirations. I think he still wants to put up numbers. So we're not sure. Is he going to be happy um, in that role? Right, where he's playing more off the ball. We need him to score in the teens. Help the space, and you got to be a better passer. And, and that's the concern. Obviously, you have the injury risk right on top of it. And I don't, I don't love. I actually think the Celtics would have been better off with Gallinari and Muscala versus Porzingis and making that crazy claim. Porzingis really scares me because that could be a subtraction in of itself. You're just adding a wrench to a team that Vegas had to win the title. Again, if you're a team that's projected to win the title. And you don't. You don't have to make drastic moves. Talent-wise, you're there. You want to add the little IQ pieces that really make it work. The examples I give is like, you know, the Lakers, when they were a title contender, they added like Matt Barnes. Okay, that got them over the top. It's those little pieces that you add to your core rotation. That can put you over the top. Um, So this is a, a big, a big risk. Now, look, I love the two first. Love the two first. And if you're telling me they're going to flip it or just anything else with the two first, fine. Right? The move that I look at if I'm the Celtics now, this is going to sound crazy. I probably let Grant Williams walk. Okay? And I see if I can get Obi Toppin with the 25th pick. I think he would be a good insurance to Porzingis. I get it. He's got one year that he's extension eligible. I get the risk there. But he's more of a four for me than Kristaps is. And you could I'd rather roll the dice there in a better coaching system. He could also space um, and see what you could do with him. And then now you can really elevate. Now you're upgrading a couple of slots. And you have another insurance guy in case the singer goes down. Right? Um, that's a move I look at. I don't This is this is quite risky. Quite quite risky. So, really drastic move from a team that's a title contender. And again, if Zinger is expected to play more over the four, you're not getting the full value of him. I make this analogy all the time. It's the Mike Mussina analogy, right? If you're if you're signing Mike Mussina, you want him to throw all, your, all his pitches. You don't want him to like not throw his knuckle curve. He's not as valuable if if you're signing him and then he's not allowed to throw his knuckle curve. It's the same thing where like if you get you know, back of the day with the Heat and the, and the Cavs, when they acquired Kevin Love and Chris Bosh, right, and they had LeBron on those teams. 
those guys are valuable, but they're not as valuable when they're not allowed to play in the post. Why can't they play in the post? Because they have LeBron. You have to open up the floor for him. So now you're relegating both to just being off-the-ball guys. Still good as off-the-ball guys. You're not getting their full value because they're not giving you their full repertoire of what they could do as a player. So here, Brozingas' full repertoire is really at the five. Once you throw him at the four, you're really exposing a lot of his flaws, which is concerning. And if you have Al Horford and Grant Williams on this team, someone's in a flawed slot, right? So Horford at the four is a flawed slot. Ziegler at the four is a very flawed slot. The reason why Porzingis at the four is flawed is because now you're asking him to cover these like three slash four guys on the perimeter. Seven two injury waiting to happen. It's a little little rough. Um, you have to play make through a four a little more than a five typically. You want to play make through Porzingis, low assist rate. You know, what makes a high IQ guy, just to kind of show the difference, Al Horford in games, when Al Horford was hitting like three or four threes in a row, and then the fifth three, the fifth potential opportunity for a three, he's wide open, or he's somewhat open, and pass comes to him and defense rushes. Most players, medium to low IQ guys, will just rush the three, do a heat check, they won't take the better shot. Horford will pass it. He will pass that three when most players will do the heat check for the better shot. That is really a high IQ guy. He's not like, I'm on fire. We've all been there at pickup and stuff. We're hitting some shots. You're going to take it. Horford's like, no. Zinger will never do that. If Zinger hits, if Christoph Brozingas hits like one or two threes, he's taking that three, even if it's a bad shot. And um, that's concerning. So the chemistry stuff here is the concern. Um, and... I don't think like the something. Mark is smart. Look, as much as I knocked the guy, that's a culture loss for them. Uh, they need some culture gains there. They need like a, a, a veteran. Can they still get it? Of course, they have the picks. Let's see what happens. But I don't know. That makes me nervous. So all in all, I think the Celtics won the deal value wise. I think it way too risky for them culture wise, which I'm usually you know not someone that evaluates that as much. But I think you have to. Wizards did great. Grizzlies did fine. I think the Celtics was too risky. I don't know why they needed to do this. They didn't need to do something that risky. Again, you move off Brogdon. I thought Brogdon for Kyle Anderson was a good framework. That was a framework I liked, right? You want to do a three-way, get Kelly Olenek? Great. They can still get Kelly Olenek. They have picks. I'd feel better. They have too many centers if, if they do, right? Um, they can still get Kyle Anderson. But little risky. Little risky. Okay. The only positive of this deal, the addition would be subtraction. Now Derek White, I think I would move White into the starting line. Keep Brogdon a sixth man. Now, if you're telling me you're going to make White more usage and all that, that's interesting to me. And then you just look down into a deal, not because of Porzingis, because of Derek White. He emerges as the third guy on this team like he did in the playoffs. That That's quite an interesting round. Let's go to the draft real quick. little draft preview. So all the Zion to Charlotte stuff at number two, let's just, I don't think anything is happening. Now they're saying the deal is fairly unlikely. I know uh, Bill Simmons has his own sources. I, my sources don't think everything is imminent. I think the top three is locked in. Uh, so I think you're going to see, obviously, when buying that, uh, Victor is going one. And uh, look, Brandon, Brandon Mill is going to go two. I think if the fit with Charlotte is too good. If you're Charlotte's new owner, I get doing a drastic deal going for Zion just from a ticket standpoint. But, like, if you have Bridges coming back, you have Ball healthy, finally. 
You don't have to retain Washington. I'm fine. Um, you know, just using, you can pick up Brandon Miller, he fits. Okay. Now Portland, all eyes on Portland, right? Like, is Portland really going to take scoop when Damian Lillard's there? Really? Hmm. That's interesting. Scoop's got no way to, it's like when Kobe was in LA and they got like Russell and Randall. How are you going to develop that roster? Right? So I think Portland is going to really have to convince themselves of doing a deal here and, and work with Lillard. I can't see how you're taking Scoot at three. And are you moving the pick for that chance? Like, it's probably go after Zion? That's a little wacky. Maybe they do. Scoot's got to go three. I can't see how they keep that roster together. I would think they have to move Lillard. And I think in the summer you're going to see I think they're going to give it more time. They don't want to do it on draft night. You're going to see a longer Lillard discussion. I think if you got Scoot and Shaden Sharp, that's interesting long-term. There needs to be a rebuild there and a longer Lillard thing. See see who puts up what prices. Um, you don't have to do the deal now. You don't have to get too many rookies right now after Portland. You can do the deal over the summer. Four, I think Emma Thompson is going forward to Houston. Houston wants a point guard of this draft. I, I don't think you want to reach for black. I think it's too much. Um, you got to take the talent and then see what free agency brings. I think you get uh, the other Jones brother on San Antonio is interesting. Take a stab at him. I, I think you just got to get a point guard. I get the fits there. We'll see what they do in free agency. I also understand that. But if Harden's not coming in, do what Washington just did with getting a Tyus Jones type, get his brother. I think that works. I'm out. Cam Whitmore, I think, is going to go five to Detroit. Nothing crazy here. I think he just fits. Again, if I'm Detroit, I do the five-seven swap. Let me get some spacing in Buddy Heald and swap him for Hayes and Bagley. And my guy's probably going to be there at seven, like a Taylor Hendricks. I don't think they do that. They take the safe play. Whitmore makes sense at five. There's going to be movement in this draft, though. You're six now. Orlando. This is where things get interesting, right? Orlando could take the, the high upside guy in Oscar Thompson. I don't think they need black. They don't need a point guard. Um, and I don't think they need a big either. They got plenty of bigs. I think they got to take the Thompson twin. They got to take Oscar Thompson. I think he goes six, seven for Indiana. I think they're taking Jarris Walker. He's a perfect fit there. Turn it to space. They can afford to uh, you know, give him some usage there. They need a they need a three slash four. I like him going seven. Jarris Walker, seven Indiana. I think that's that's my my obvious one. Eight. They might take Hendricks too, by the way, but. You know, I can see Hendricks dropping. Um, a Washington, I think they are going to take the best player available. Uh, I can see them taking Taylor Hendricks. So he's young, he's got upside. Uh, nine, Utah. You know, Danny Ainge is then going to get his guy in Anthony Black. He won't go past there. They'll be ecstatic for that deal. Um, Ten. Dallas, Dallas is going to have to move that pick, right? I think they take a, a, a draft, a stash guy that someone likes, that someone overrates, like a bylaw Coolby. Um, so I got bylaw going 10. And yeah, they, 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 I think there's a, they would be smart to try to move all their cap and, and um, like a Bretons and, uh, and Tim Hardaway Jr., but I don't think they do. I think they follow up with someone there, like a Bala Coolby, Dallas at 10.
11 Orlando is going to take, um, I think they're going to take Wall, Case and Wallace. They need the guard. We'll see what happens there. 12 OKC is going to take Grady Dick. I think they need an off the ball guy. They have a lot of on the ball guys. I don't think it really works. So I think that's what they're going to do. Um, yeah, and then and then look, and then it really gets a little haywire. I think the rest of the uh, the rest of the lotto, right? You have again a huge gap in this draft between you know ten through twenty, but uh, at eleven at uh, thirteen, I think Toronto is going to take Jordan Hawkins, and then fourteen New Orleans is going to take Derek Lively. That's my call. All right. Happy draft day. Hope everyone enjoys it.